You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. You guys, I am so excited to share with you my new sponsor, OMGS. They have created something truly revolutionary. It's a website, but it's compiled from researching thousands of women trying to get to the bottom of what some of you would consider the mysteries of female pleasure. The website allows you access to tons of different techniques brought to life in beautiful videos of regular women sharing from experience. No blushing, no shame. Get $5 off the newly released season two at omgs.com slash holly. That's O-M-G-Y-E-S dot com slash holly. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by hotmovies.com. Do you want a website where you can see it all? One place to stream your favorite movies, one place with hundreds of scenes with your favorite stars? Then you want to visit hotmovies.com. Hotmovies.com is your one-stop shop for all your adult movie needs. They even have a bunch of my movies, like graphic content, my most recent feature that I wrote and directed for Wicked Pictures. The best part is, by using my code HOLLY, you'll get 40 free minutes, no credit card required. So make sure that you visit hotmovies.com and use my code HOLLY for your free 40 minutes. Already a member of Hot Movies? You can still use my code to get an additional 20 minutes free. That's hotmovies.com, code HOLLY, H-O-L-L-Y. You won't regret it. Hey guys, I just wanted to fill you in a little bit on what's going on in my life before we jump into the interview with Katie Jane. Um, so I have started a new podcast, a bonus podcast that is only available on my Patreon. Have you guys listened to any of the teaser episodes that I've put up? It's with my assistant, Eva, who's freaking hilarious, and she's in Europe right now, and I really miss her, and I'm like really overwhelmed with work, but that's fine. Um, and uh, it's it's just a really great show, and for those of you who have uh, joined my Patreon, which is you know the only place that you can actually listen to the full episode, I've gotten so much feedback from everybody just absolutely loving it, and so I'm, I'm really excited about that. So as soon as she comes back from Europe... We're going to do a bunch more. We're going to hear all about her adventures in Europe, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's been going on in my life and in the porn world in general. So um, if you guys have been listening, uh, drop me a line. Let me know what you think. Also, let me know like if you have any questions that you want us to answer. They can be just like basic questions about the industry. You know, It doesn't have to be specific to anything um, or just about ourselves. And we'd be happy to answer them. So go to hollyrandallunfiltered at gmail.com and drop me a line there. Also, are you guys a member of my Facebook group? You should be. It's facebook.com slash groups slash hollyrandallunfiltered. And I post little like bonus clips up on there. And we have some pretty uh, awesome discussions about what's going on on the show. And it's just like a nice little community that's building up. And uh, I really enjoy hearing from you all. So you should definitely, definitely join us there. Also, of course, um, if you don't know, there's my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. And um, that's where you can find all of my podcasts. Um, I record all of them on video. So you can actually 
watch us talk. You don't have to just listen to us. And I have some pretty sexy men and women on my show who aren't so bad to look at. So uh, that channel has been getting uh, pretty popular. And if you like it, you should definitely subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. I've also been adding um, little uh, like clips, like bits and pieces, interesting bits and pieces that I pull from uh, different podcast interviews, just because I know not everybody has the time to listen to every single interview I've ever done for, you know, the full hour that each one is. So I'll pull like really interesting bits and pieces from different episodes that I think people will be interested in. Like, for example, um, my episode with Christopher Ryan, author of Sex at Dawn, is like one of my favorite episodes. It's so fascinating. And one of the clips that I pulled is um, the science behind um, the attraction of the gangbang. Like, why do people like to watch gangbangs? Why do men like to watch gangbangs? Apparently, there's like a science behind that. So, who knew, right? And also, I have a very big project that I'm working on. This year, it is my art book. I actually just got back from um, a meeting with a friend of mine who I think is going to help me put it together. And it is huh, it is quite an undertaking. I don't think I really realized how much work is going to go into it. I need to shoot like 50 more photos for this thing. Um, but it's something that I'm very excited about. It's the first time I've ever put a book together that was specifically curated by me. So I chose all the photos and I'm also shooting stuff specifically for the book. Now, of course, that all costs money, and so I've been asking for your support by joining me at my other Patreon. Yes, I have two. Uh, Patreon.com slash Holly Randall Art. And there you get access to exclusive photos and video, as well as like behind the scenes access and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, I also want to say that I've been trying to make my videos a little bit more of like a behind the scenes slash workshop kind of thing. So um, the one that I put up with Allie Rose, I actually talk about my method of how I shot her and why I chose certain spots to shoot her in. So it's actually... um, quite educational for those of you like photography buffs. And I'm doing another one with Aura Young on uh, June 18th. That's next week. And I will also be shooting the video in that same kind of style where it's kind of like a workshop based thing. I mean, it's going to be sexy and it's going to be beautiful. And I hired this like amazingly talented DP to do it, but I'll also be talking about my lighting. I'll be talking about my process and everything like that. So since it doesn't look like I will be doing an actual workshop this year, like a physical workshop that I normally do, um, this is kind of the closest that you're going to get to it. So um, definitely think about supporting me there. And if you don't give a shit about my photography or my art book, but you love this podcast, don't forget to support me at patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered because there's another project that is tied to this podcast that's a big thing for me that I'm going to do technically next year, but it's the beginning of next year, specifically January, and it's going to be at the 2020 AVN Adult Expo in Las Vegas, and I'm going to actually have a little booth there. Well, I'm not going to have my own booth. I'm going to be at a booth. I haven't disclosed who it's going to be yet, but um, it's a very big booth. It's a company that I've worked with before quite a few times, and they're letting me set up my own little table and do my own little interviews there. So um, it's a great 
opportunity for me because obviously all the biggest names in porn are all going to be in one place at one time. And I'm going to try to interview a bunch of them while we're there. So it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be loud, but um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, that is something that I'm very excited about, but it's also going to be crazy expensive because Las Vegas is super fucking expensive, especially during that convention because the hotels love to jack up the prices. So, um, that is something that is a goal that I'm definitely, um, reaching for. And so you guys could, could really help me meet that by, uh, pledging at patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered. And don't forget, you get access to all the bonus content, the podcast that I mentioned earlier with Eva, um, my LA porn life, but also too, did you know, I've been doing like little bonus onset interviews um, with various models like Sabina Rouge, um, Alina Lopez, Molly Stewart, all kinds of girls. So um, there's a lot of fun stuff on there. You should definitely go check it out. Anyways, enough from me. I'm sure you're sick of my voice. Actually, you must not be sick of my voice. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this show. So you're going to hear more of my voice, but you're going to hear it alongside a very lovely British voice of Katie Jane. So let's get to it. Today on the podcast, I have the blonde, bubbly, busty, and very British Katie Jane. Wow, that's a lot of bees. Katie is a sexy porn star who I've had the pleasure of shooting a few times, but she's actually much more than that. She's also an advocate for girls who want to navigate the adult industry without an agent, something which actually isn't all that common. It's a lot of work to book jobs on your own, which is why Katie started a self-booking Twitter page called Independent Female Talent, which you can find on Twitter at self underscore book talent. There she tries to give advice and exposure to models who want to be their own agent and manager. Katie will give us a lowdown on why she decided the industry was lacking this resource and the steps she's taken to bring more awareness to self-booking talent. She'll also charm us with her hilarious stories about working in a sex shop, what she wants to change in the adult industry, and so much more, all in that adorable British accent of hers. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie Jane. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, listeners. Today, I have a lovely British lady on the show. I have Katie Jane here. Hello. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. You know, I got to say, I always love talking to British people because it reminds me of home and it gives me a lot of comfort listening to the accent. That gives me joy. (laughs) I like that. So for those of you who don't know, my mother is British and um, my dad's South African, but his father was English and he spent 10 years in London with my mom. So he has like a bit of the accent too. So um, it's something that I actually love listening to like the BBC News Hour. Yes. Not because I care about what's going on in England, but just because I love the sound of their voice. I miss it. And I get excited when I hear British accents on on like CNN or something. I know, right? Right? <laughs> it's funny too. There was some study that shows that um, American people uh, believe that 
when they hear somebody speak in a British accent, they automatically assume that they know what they're talking about. Like there's a certain authority that comes with a British accent because it's to uh, the average American who can't tell the difference between different kinds of British accents. Right. Like it all sounds posh to them and sounds like cultured. Oh, I know. I didn't realize I carried this much weight. Yes. Well, you better. (laughs) The world on my shoulders. Everything that you say we will (laughs) expect is actually true. I could make up some facts. (laughs) (laughs) Alternative facts. Right. Those are a thing. (laughs) They are. Fake news from Case Chain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So Katie, um, you are obviously from England. Yes. What what part of England are you from? Um, okay, so the best way to say, because most people haven't heard of my hometown, which is called Northampton, mm-hmm. is uh where Princess Diana was from. Oh, there you go. So so she's from Northamptonshire, and uh I'm from the the town center, the county mm-hmm. town of mm-hmm. that area. Yeah. So we're an hour from London and an hour from Birmingham, dead in the center of England. Right. But I'm actually Welsh. Are you? Yes. My parents. Which most people don't know is actually a separate country. Correct. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's God so damn funny. It. Because we have our own language. People do not believe that. They're like, no, it's, 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 it's Britain. I'm like, it's. Actually, yeah. Well, no, it, it's is, great Britain. it is Britain. But it's not. It's under the England. umbrella yes. of Britain, but yes. yeah. So uh, my parents are 100 percent Welsh, and they moved to Northampton 18 months before I was born. Wow! And I had a Welsh accent until I started school. Wow! Mm-hmm. Now, what is the difference between like a Welsh accent and an English accent? Could you do a oh, Welsh gosh. accent? I mean, not that anybody would be able to tell my the Welsh accent because Americans think that Australians and English people sound. It's the basically same. mocking my mother is my Welsh accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I was going to say my name in a Welsh accent. I'd say Katie. The Welsh would go Katie. Okay. So it's more softer. It's kind of more husky. Katie. Katie. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I actually do a terrible British impression. You would think I would be very good considering I grew up around it, but I am awful. Though, to be fair, when I do go to England, I do pick up. My accent gets affected a little bit quite quickly. Yeah. Like just a couple of weeks there and, and the ends of my sentences will well, That's happened to me bit. living in America. Like I've kind of had to adapt. Right. Otherwise no one understands me. Yeah. For instance, and you don't even know, like every, not every time, but at least once a week if I eat out and the server's like, what do you want to drink? Water. Uh, mimosa. I need your ID. <sighs> and I'm like, water. Oh, vodka? Ultra? I'm like... Water. Oh, water. <laughs> so now I've literally given up and I'm, and I'll be with my friends, strong British accent. And then suddenly I'm like, water. And they're like, where'd that come from? <laughs> and I'm like, it's just not worth that. It's so funny because, so my ex-husband was English as well. Mm-hmm. And he used to refuse to phone in takeout orders oh, because yeah. if he called the Chinese restaurant and tried to order, we would never get what we no, wanted. This- so I always had to do it. And it would just He'd get so angry. This happened to me um, when I was on set for Anna Lee for PVR. Uh And we were ordering pizzas because I was PAing on one of the days wasn't performing. And uh, they wanted, let me do it in America, ranch. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, ranch. And they're like. (laughs) No, they literally. Say it again. Say it again. Ranch. <laughs> so I kid you not, right? Because everyone's like, um, I think Ella Darling was like, I need ranch, <laughs> like on the site. And I'm like, ranch. And they're like, what are you saying? I'm like, you want ranch? I was like, how do you spell it? And they said, I'm like, yeah, it's ranch. They're like, no one will understand you. And literally, we had like a kind of focus group meeting of Anna Lee, Ella, um, and the camera guy is like trying to teach me how to say ranch. <laughs> so now I can do it. And I successfully made the order. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I was like, strong British accent. I was like, and can we have a side of ranch? <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's, it's a real struggle. Oh, I understand. It's foreign problems in LA. Like, I didn't realize it's the same culture, but not. Yeah. You know, there's little things. Absolutely. Where you do have to kind of evolve to blend. Yeah. You know, it was, it was kind of a, there were some things that were definitely a struggle for me growing up because it was like my parents moved here from England and, you know, they were very excited about living in America, but there was a big part of them that really didn't want me to pick up um, what they called vulgar American habits. <laughs> okay. So I wasn't allowed That's to chew harsh. gum. Um, I, you know we do that in England. Yeah, but my mom was like, <laughs> absolutely. I know, right? I like, wasn't allowed to drink soda. I'm pretty sure you guys it's do not that synonymous with American culture, I must say. Um, they didn't want me watching too much TV. Uh, they, I mean, there were just like certain things they were really specific about. They sent me to cotillion classes, which What's is kind that? of like etiquette classes. Oh. Very strict about table manners. Okay. Um, stuff like that. I mean, I think it was all, it was all good, but, um, and there are certain words, we were talking about this before the podcast, there are certain words that I say uh-huh. differently that people just think I'm crazy because I clearly don't have an English accent, but I do say aluminium instead of aluminum. It is aluminium. Aluminum. Aluminum. I don't know. Our way is the right way. Um, And then I do usually say controversy, but some, but in the back of my head is always controversy. Nice. That just sounds so weird to me. Yeah. Controversy. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But you say controversy, right? Controversy. Controversy. Now I don't even know. You've made me question myself. Have I confused you? I'm like, who am I? Because I have a friend. (laughs) I've been living it two years now. Controversy all the time. Controversy. Controversy. Right? Controversial. Controversial. Controversy. This is a very controversial conversation. This is a very controversial conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So what was the biggest culture shock for you coming to America from England? Ordering water. Um, let me have a thing. Biggest culture shock, uh, driving on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, that one's That sucks. Um, learning, taking my test over here, which I passed, but, uh, it's still been a bit of a rocky journey. It's tough. Made a few wrong turns on the wrong side of the road. Well, and also too, um, if you drive a stick shift, it's the opposite. Yeah. Which is confusing. But we're trained stick in the UK. Yeah. So automatic here is easy. I couldn't get over how easy the driving test is here. Yeah. It's insane. It's 15 minutes. It's 45 minutes in the UK. Really? Every maneuver you can think of. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was another thing my parents insisted that I learn how to drive a stick shift. Yeah. Like from, like my first car was a stick shift. So. I'll tell you what I do find kind of more linked to the job, which I found odd, is the process of like douching. That's Mm. very American. It is. And I remember when I, because I used to go to Prague and Budapest to shoot, and I remember the girls did not douche. Not only did they not douche, I couldn't find it in any supermarket. They, the anywhere. brand, some is, um, there's a brand, which uh-huh. I'm not going to say. Um, the popular brand, which people use for douches, does not exist in no. Europe. No. And I nearly said it, and I'm really sorry. Oh, it doesn't. You can see brands. We'll say autumn morning. <laughs> so- Summer's Eve. It's okay. You can say brands. They just sponsor me anyways. It's okay. okay. We're not on a mind geek set. You can say brands. Do you like what I did there? That was like... I I know, because we're so well-trained to be so careful about what we say and logos and stuff Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can say brands. It's fine. Okay. You're safe. Good to know. Yeah, so that's odd to me. 
Like, yeah, the UK has... We have very good sex ed as well. Mm -hmm. And it surprised me how many people... I've met in the business who didn't have the same sex ed as me. Mm-hmm. That was very interesting. So question for you then um, regarding the lack of douching in Europe, because what I noticed um, with the European girls is that they would come to set and they would shower like right before the scene. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how they cleaned themselves. Is yeah, that what you I do that. Yeah. Did? Okay. I just kind of see like the lady parts of self-cleaning, mm-hmm. you know, it's like soap, it's self-cleaning. Yeah. Well, you don't, the, you don't upset it. It's the thing like you give is, it a is that look, it gets if angry. you douche too often, you can actually create a bacterial infection because exactly. you throw off your pH balance. Exactly. So that's why a lot of girls who do douche don't use the solution in the douche. Oh yeah, it's evil. They dump it out and use water instead. Yeah. So, um, but have you had like? Did you find it when you came here and you're like, I don't douche? Did you get people who are like, oh, you filthy creature? Uh, no, because. Um, I, I started douching anyway to please my partners. To fit um, in. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but now I'm a bit more like defiant and I'm like, whoever I'm working with, be it male or female, I'm like, hey, I prefer not to do it. But if you want me to, it's not awkward. 100% I'll go do it. I carry them with me and my mm-hmm. kit, you mm-hmm. know, so I'm prepared. I'm like, you're the one who's down there, not me. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. So I'm like, do you have people do like a taste? <laughs> Not as of yet. Like, <laughs> it's your trial. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, some of these things are important to talk about. I've definitely had girls come up and tell me to ask the other girl to douche before, which is always awkward. Or actually, last mm. week I had a girl ask me to um, ask the guy to uh, put deodorant on, which was a little oh, bit awkward. Oh, no. But... I did it. You know, it's funny because like... How did you like phrase that? I just asked him. He was fine. He was like, okay. Oh, God. I mean, it was honestly, like I used to freak out about that kind of stuff, um, having to ask somebody a question like that. And now I'm just kind of like... You're just like, whatever. Yeah. 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 It's hard to... I mean, the thing is, is like... And this is the thing too. It's not even necessarily... Maybe that like he smelled because actually I didn't smell anything. It's not fine to me, but it's interesting. Do you know like about pheromones and how people are yes. turned off or turned on by people's smells depending yes. on like a whole chemistry balance between them? Yes. So it's really interesting because like when my boyfriend like comes back from the gym and is sweaty and smelling, like I love the way he smells. Like I love the smell Same. of that because I'm attracted to him and I love him, but like other guys that I'm not into, like their scent. It may not be a bad scent. No, it's just a scent I'm I, not, I don't like. I've always loved it when I'm having sex and a guy's sweating on me. Mm. And I know some girls think it's disgusting. And I'm like, no, I love it. I think it's hot. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? I, I just... To me, it's just so sexy. You're going to do so well in the summer then. Right. It's going to be really hot this summer. <laughs> like, and guys she's going to be, be fine. She's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you're kind of like, you know, yeah. consumed by them. Like, Yeah. I mean, I, that's definitely yeah. like every single You're completely fluid. sharing each other's space. I think that's yeah. something really hot about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, um, how did you get, let's backtrack. How did you get into the adult industry? Okay, um, I wanted to join over 10 years ago, so I'm 31 now, mm-hmm. and I wanted to join at 20, um, and that, so that was 2008, and I noticed that the tube sites were coming about, and it changed the way 
in the, the industry works yeah. and the DVD sales were falling. So I was like, now's not a good time. <clears throat> right. Um, <laughs> let's go to uni and uh, try and do a normal, real job, mm-hmm. like, you know, conservative, parent-approved job. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, stupid idea, get that out of your head. Um, and finished my degree, was working in a sex shop whilst I was at university. And Can I ask you what your degree's in? Geography. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Thank what made you. you pick that? I love to travel, and if I have to have my head stuck in a book, I'd rather be reading about things that remind me that I'm not in a room reading a book. Interesting. So I'm learning about the world and coral reefs and populations in different cult, you know, different countries. Wow. So it's taking it takes you out of the book. It's really funny because I'm terrible at geography, but I actually <laughs> know the geography of Europe better than I know the geography of America. Interesting. Because I'm like such an Anglophile and I, right. and I love like traveling to Europe and I've been to many, I've been to more European countries than I've been to American States. Me too. And, and I think my family's <laughs> over, well, that makes sense. Right. And I think cause my family's over there. It's, it's like, so small. That, there's, exactly. It's, I forget how spoiled I, it, before I came to America, I didn't realize how spoiled I was yeah. in terms of, I can get a train and be in France in two hours yeah. from London. Yeah. It takes an hour to get to London, then another two hours to France yeah. from my hometown. Like, we did school trips for the day to Paris. Yes. Like, it's it's all you, right on your doorstep. You can jump on a plane and be in Belgium yeah. in, like, you know, an hour. Here, you jump on a plane and you're in Las Vegas. Right. Hour, and it's, like, the, the difference in culture and history yeah. and architecture and oh, everything I is so varied. I tell you what varied. I do miss, a culture shock going back mm. uh, to what you previously said. I miss old buildings. Yes. I didn't realize I would miss it. And yeah. I've been living in America now for just under two years. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I was somewhere the other day and um, I was in West Hollywood and I saw a really gorgeous old looking house. And I was, it, it was like Tudor style. Mm-hmm. And I realized it was uh, Christian Louboutin's house. Of course, he has this gorgeous house. Yeah. And I'm like, I miss it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. American architecture is just very much like just a square block. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, the architecture in Europe is unbelievable. Yeah. And those, those old buildings are so beautiful, and there's so much, like, history. I love going to, like, old cities and touching the walls and thinking about <laughs> how many people over the centuries have touched yeah. these walls you and their lives. take it and for granted. My hometown is over 400 years old, mm. and I never used to think anything of it. And mm. now I'm like, oh, my God, I yeah. completely, like... Yeah, there's nothing here that's 400 years old. Exactly. Nothing. It's crazy. Okay, so uh, you were studying geography. Yes, that's where we were. Yes. Um, So I worked in a sex shop, and um, while I was there, we we used to get a few complaints about the porn that we sold, and one of them was, uh, I didn't deal with this customer, my manager did, this guy came in, and he's like, I want to return this porn DVD. And my manager's like, okay, what's wrong with it? You know, is it skipping? You know, the scratches on the disc? And he's like, no, it didn't get me off. <laughs> I kid you not. And she went, would you return a comedy DVD because it didn't make you laugh? And he went, well, no. And she goes, exactly, get the fuck out of my shop. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember, do you know what the porno was? I have no idea. I mean, I, I do know the type of uh, porn we did used to stock and it was usually British, unheard of. Yeah. You know, kind of directors you didn't... Very amateur, yeah, very yeah. gonzo. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of thinking, obviously, I was like, I, I, I could do better. 
You know, was, who has the balls to come back uh, and you, like return Holly, a porn DVD? People return sex toys that would break mid like masturbation, and they'd panned it to me, and it still had like white discharge yeah. right on it, and they're like, "It stopped working. I want a refund." And I'm like, "At least give me a second to put on the gloves." Like, oh my God. You, people have no shame. <laughs> like that's why I knew I was ready for porn because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I've, good I've seen it all. Like, I've been in the trenches. You don't even know. And how uneducated people are about sex. Yeah. I had one guy come in and he was like, I'm looking for a cock ring. And I'm like, okay. And we're talking about them. And he's like, okay, so if I wear this cock ring, I can't get my girlfriend pregnant, right? And I'm like, what? No, what, that's what, called what? a condom. What? And even those aren't 100%. Like, and then I had another girl. He was like, oh, me and my boyfriend are really careful. I'm like, oh, great. She goes, yeah, we always wear two condoms. <laughs> and I was like, what and she goes yeah because two's better than one and I'm like no <laughs> and I took her around the back and had to give her like a chat she was only like 20 never oh discussed sex at all wow so I realized there's a problem yeah people are very uninformed about sex the conversations aren't happening the pornography we stopped was awful <laughs> um and it kind of planted the seed even more so then I was like okay Katie you can't do porn it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. you know that's not it's not real you mm-hmm. know um, so I worked in an office and it was just this itch inside of me. And then I turned 28 and I realized it wasn't that I'd regret doing porn. I'd regret not doing it. Interesting. And that's when I was like, shit, I have to do this. Yeah. There's something itching inside me. Um, and going back a little bit, sorry, I'm, my thoughts are all over the place. Um, when I was working in the sex shop, I couldn't help but notice how failed women were in terms of being told or even being explained how they can express and discover their own orgasms. Mm. So I'd have a lot of women coming in, um, 56-year-olds, one woman, just gone through her divorce that morning, had never been in a sex shop in her life, and she was mortified to step inside. Mm -hmm. But she was like, it's a divorce present to myself. I sold her like a generic sex toy, and four days later we get a phone call saying, I want to speak to the blonde girl. Um, You know, can I talk to her? I pick up the phone and she's crying. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, I just want to say thank you. I'm like, you don't sound very happy. <laughs> and she's like, she goes, it's not you. I've just realized that the last 30, 40 years, um, she was in her late 50s, of what I thought was sex was all a lie and one-sided. So she'd never had an orgasm before? Not until this toy. And she goes, I'm grateful. Oh thank you for God. the toy. But I'm grieving for what I've missed out on. Wow. And I'm angry at myself and I'm even more angry at my ex-husband now. Wow. So she goes, I'm just struggling to process, but I want to say thank you, you've changed my life. Wow. So this all planted the seed of, I want to get in porn, I want to create a dialogue where it's acceptable to discuss sex and a woman's orgasm. And if I can put myself on a platform and be in the trenches and help create content that's going to be more friendly for women to enjoy, as well as guys, as well as showing a guy how to bloody touch a woman, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like... There are multiple areas of pleasure. Don't ignore all but one. Yeah. You know, so if I can be part of a kind of grassroots approach of knowing the stuff I'm putting out there is going to do some good. And if it educates people in their late teens now to be great husbands and wives in 20 years, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be happy. That's amazing. You know, it's funny because we were earlier talking about like some kind of organic way to work sponsors into the conversation. And I'm actually like (laughs) just telling you this because even though they do sponsor my show, um, it's this revolutionary new website. Have you heard of 
omgyes.com. Yes. Yeah. So they actually are sponsoring my, my website now. So I, Amazing. my website, my podcast. So I was able to go and like check out their stuff. And it's this website built by women compiled from like, data collected from thousands and thousands of women from the ages of 18 to I think 90 Amazing about what they like and what they're into. And it's really cool because they have these interviews with women talking about different techniques mm-hmm. that are pleasurable for them. And they have these little animated drawings that, that animate so you can see exactly what they're talking about. And there's all these different like methods and techniques that I had never even well, thought of. And like, it's so important. It's so cool. But it's such sexist the most beautiful natural thing on earth, but we don't discuss it. Your, right. It's your body's gift to you. It gives you the most wonderful natural high. Mm-hmm. And everyone's, you know, talking about all these kind of illegal ways to get high. And I'm like, there's one built in your body just waiting for you to explore it. And if anything, it's like the one thing that your body is designed to definitely do yeah. so that the human race can continue. It's the most wonderful thing. And it's like one of the most important things that but you can no do. But no one discusses it. Right. And it drives me insane. Um, so yeah, I know that website. I think it's phenomenal, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that generations we're going to start changing mm-hmm. and be more accepting of sex and women who enjoy sex. Especially for me, um, it's okay for women to enjoy sex outside the boundaries of love. Mm. You know, I kind of think that the discourse in society right now is a woman's sex life is only acceptable if she's in a loving relationship or marriage. And then sometimes even then, it's not acceptable for a woman to derive pleasure. From yeah, it's sex. reproductive. It's it's a duty recreation. That she has. Not, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, exactly. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was then working in an office, hating life, and um, I actually messaged on Instagram. Uh, one of my favorite porn stars uh, was Jessie Jane. Oh, yeah. Because I loved Pirates, and yeah. that was one of the first pornos I ever watched. And that is, was, um, at the time, like the most expensive porn yeah. ever created. But I, I thought it was awesome. I loved the acting and the comedy element. Being British, I kind of mm. love that kind of carry-on, silly humor, Monty yeah. Python. And I was like, this is a job? Oh, my God. Like It was so different than the porn that you used to sell in the section. Yeah, huh? and what you're aware of. Yeah. Um, so I actually private messaged her on Instagram, mm-hmm. and... To my shock, within 24 hours, she replied Mm. and gave me um, advice of agents to contact. Oh, wow. Which I was just blown away by. Well, you were probably like the first DM that she'd gotten in a while that wasn't a dick pic. (laughs) (laughs) So she was probably so relieved. (laughs) Right? Now I understand why. Yeah. Now you get it. Now I'm like, okay. Um, So, and then I, I sent some emails out and I got an agent. And once I knew I was signed, I quit my job and took out a payday loan and bought a flight to Vegas. And I flew out three weeks later. Wow. And two days after I arrived in America, um, I did my first porno. And how was your first scene? Amazing. It was with Danny Mountain, a fellow Brit. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. And he's great. He's amazing. He made me feel very comfortable and he kept... He was like the perfect tutor because he's like, remember, the camera is the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're doing this for them. Make sure they can see the positions opening up. Because having sex on camera is so different to having it at home. Yeah. And that's one thing I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting thing to learn. And obviously to get your pelvis in ways that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah, and so he, you can see the penetration. he coached me through all of that. Mm-hmm. So I had a really wonderful first experience into the business. That's great. What yeah. company was it for? Do you remember? <sighs> Uh, porn pros. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so if anyone wants to see your first scene. Oh, I, I look so bad. I'm pale. I, you can tell I'm like just some girl just straight from an office. I look <laughs> awful. But I'm like, no, she's happy. She's living her best life. It's okay. <laughs> like, 
Before the tan, <laughs> I had the British skin tone. We'll leave it at that. You had that beautiful porcelain skin. Yes, she could tell I'd been in an office for about English five rose. years. Yes, <laughs> living under fluorescent light for a long time. Well, you're going to age much better than the rest of us who have been baking in the California sun. So maybe we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> so, um, so you came into you came to America. Yeah, that was and, in 2016. And you did a few scenes out here, and then you did some in Europe as well, right? Yes, uh, I worked quite a lot in Budapest and in the UK, mm-hmm. and that was super fun. Mm-hmm. So I shot in the UK. Who did I shoot for? Um, it's predominantly. Lizelle Bailey, who shoots for Dorsal um, and Television X, and her husband, Andrew Patterson, Andy Patterson, he shot for Brazzers and Digital Playground. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I shot for them a couple of times, and I also shot for Fake Driving School, which is part of the Fake Hub Network, like oh, Fake okay. Taxi. And so it's like you go and you're taking a driving test, but you actually yeah. end up having Yeah, and I was the female person. examiner, and I'm like, you know, you're, you're stressed, let's pull over. You seem a bit nervous. What can I do to relax you? So were all the those scenes are always in a car? Yes. Which is such a pain <laughs> in the ass. Having sex in vehicles is the worst. Well, try doing it when you have to get your angles in, Holly. I know. You have to get your penetration shots. Oh, believe there me. There was three GoPros, right? I've shot stuff in cars. It's so there's two GoPros on the dashboard and one at the back. And you, you have to get like four positions in. And, mm-hmm. you know, and me being the regular... It was each time I'm working with a different guy and I'm having to coach him. Like, okay, we'll do this position. And the camera can, can only see this. It can't see that. When you fuck me. So is there a director on set? Technically, yes. It was Ryan Ryder. Uh-huh. But obviously, he can't be in the car. The car doors are shut. He's got to be, you know, 20 feet away so that the audio doesn't pick him up. So it's it's kind of left your own watching devices. watching the cameras, like, on nope. a device? Nope. Man, I want the directing job where I'm just right? like, set up the cameras. I'm like, see ya. Let me yeah, you know when you're done. Pretty much. Take a fucking nap. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, see you in 40 minutes. You're like, okay. <laughs> Bullshit. So there's a lot of pressure. Do you know what I mean? You got to make sure it looks it's good. It's all about the performance because he doesn't review it until afterwards. Yeah, you know. Do you, have you ever had to go back and like reshoot stuff? No, we we're quite lucky. Okay. We did good. But yeah, having sex in a car in the height of summer. I know it's not California summer, but still, and you can't have the air on because of the noise. I did his girl yeah. girl scene with Ivy Wolf and oh, I love her. Oh yeah, everyone loves Ivy with Ivy Wolf. And uh, Lily Lilith, she's changed her name a couple of times, so I get confused. Lily Ford? Yes, thank you. Yes. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Anyways. Yeah, she's little Lily Lit online. Yeah. I think. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes, Lily Ford. Um, and I had to do, shoot a girl girl with them in a black limousine <sighs> in the summer, like in a, not a parking lot, but in a driveway where there was no shade. Yep. And it was Horrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. It was horrible. And it's to hell. be fair, like the girls were awesome. Like the only ones complaining were me, my sound guy, and my <laughs> other camera guy. The three of us were like squeezed in the back of the limo, like, and we couldn't move and get mm-hmm. different angles. And the girls were great. Lily was so excited because she'd never been in a limo before. That's so cute. she was like, oh my God, this is so great. So they were awesome, but like, it, so it was fine. It was just the crew that was complaining, but the models were good. Yeah, no, it's a few times I got out of that car and I looked like I'd been in a swimming pool. Yeah, we had to com- <laughs> like- they'd take a shower. After stills, they had to take um, a shower. They had, we did like completely redo them just after stills yeah. to do it again for a video. It's, it's hard work. It's People crazy. don't realize this. Like 
We suffer for our art. Yes. God damn it. I know. Some people think it's really easy, but no, honestly, no, 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 no. You try having a sex in a car and looking like you're having a great time. Yeah. Whilst you get penetration shots in, I challenge anyone listening yes. to try and do that. <laughs> and I'd like to see how it goes. <laughs> Tweet me if you do it. Let me know how it went. <laughs> you're gonna get so many unsolicited like car sex videos that you don't want to see now. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, in the UK, we call it dogging. Do- are you not familiar with this? No. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, so there's this trend. I say trend. There's this creepy thing, I guess, in the UK um, called dogging, where people have sex in cars in like remote car parks, hoping that other people will watch. So I'll tell you the most cringe, embarrassing thing about me. When I was 17 and a virgin, and all my friends were virgins, and everyone just got their driver's license, I'm like, oh, let's go for a drive and find some doggers. <laughs> And we would literally go to the grocery store and buy, like, tubs of ice cream. <laughs> and then we'd find, like, some creepy car park, like, off the countryside. And then we'd see, and then we'd find, like, oh, here's one coming in. Um, and it'd be five of us, like, my three best male mates and my two other best girl mates. And you'd see the car pull in, and then you'd see it rocking. And we're like, oh, my God, we found one. And you're eating your ice cream, <laughs> yeah. just watching random people have such perverts. But there's a protocol. So in the UK... It's like um, if you flash your headlights, it uh-huh. means come out the car and look in through the windows or something. I, I forget the technical. Um, you know, if the windows are wound down, you know, it's come join us. There's all these kind of wow, things. It's I, I like sh- a whole subculture. Remind me to send you the rules. It's online. Oh my the God. rules of dogging and how you communicate with other drivers. And then we'll see, and obviously police are always looking for doggers. It's hilarious. So you'll occasionally see police drive by and we'll be like, step on it, they're going to think it's us. And we were just like virginal idiots, yeah. you know, giggling, going, oh my God, they're doing it. Oh my God, that's, I've never heard And of look that at before. me now. You, know, you were meant to be here. And then she had, um, she was a female examiner in cars. <laughs> you can see where it went wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, dogging's a thing. Huh. I kid you not. So... Um, you also did, um, so you, we were talking too about how different the scenes can be sometimes in Europe versus mm-hmm. America. Did you, did you see that? Did you feel like there was a big difference between your scenes? Um, or did it just depend on the company? I shot for a really good company. So I was mm. quite fortunate. Um, I'll say it's different in terms of production value. Mm-hmm. There's certainly a big difference there. Their budgets are a lot lower. Mm. The rates are lower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, less good equipment, less, you know, not as good lighting and all of that. And you can certainly see a big difference in the product afterwards. So I'm certainly a lot more prouder of the work I've done in America as opposed to Europe. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's very different attitudes. Um, you kind of have to spell out the obvious in Europe. Like um, when it comes to what you like sexually or don't like, you know, I'd always make a point when I'm on set and be like, hey, you know, you know, to my co-stars, can't wait for the scene. And if it's a guy, I'm like, heads up, please don't call me a bitch during the scene and slap my face. I remember, what, so when we shot together, you sent me your, like, consent list, your Correct. yes and your no list before the shoot. And I was like, and I don't think I've ever gotten that before. Now, I always have people talk to each other about what they're okay with. Um, and if I, and, and I think that I discussed with you, mm-hmm. like what my client was interested in, yeah. but I've never actually gotten like a checklist from somebody well, before. See, and I thought that was actually really great because thank you. I mean, that's really like, then there's no room for ambiguity. 
And it's protecting the performer. Mm -hmm. And that came from being on set and having to spell it out to guys, be like, by the way, you can't slap me and spit my face. Mm -hmm. And I kid you not, some guys in Bed House were like, oh, oh, this scene's going to be crap. And I'm like, really? Like, I shouldn't have to, it kind of goes and said that we're just supposed to depict sex and have a really great time doing it. Yeah. You know, why can't the sex just be so hot and passionate and great enough you don't have to degrade me mm-hmm. to give it an edge. Yeah. You know, how about you just fuck me hard and, and proper? And, and that says a lot about the guy because, I mean, Ugh. I know that some girls are really into that, which is great, like to each their own. But yeah, you agreed. as the guy should be able to alter your It shouldn't style. be your M.O. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? on what the girl wants you know, or the company. Exactly. And so that list kind of derived from that of me mm-hmm. realizing I have to have my own back. Mm-hmm. And if I don't say it before the scene, I might end up doing a hard cut. Mm-hmm. which could irritate the director. Mm-hmm. So, and now that I'm self-booking, I, I was, you know, brainstorming, okay, what can I do to make sure I come across um, everything that could be communicated before I'm on set is out the way. So I'm not going to delay time. We're going to get the day rolling. Everyone's going to go out the door on time to be back home. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to produce my own documentation going, hey, this is what I love and I'm into some kinky shit, as you know. You mm-hmm. saw my list. And I, when I first sent it to you, I thought you, I was like, oh God, she's kind of going to think, oh God, this one's difficult. Like how yeah. many no things are going to be on this? And it's, as you remember, there's just this tiny little section right at the bottom of like five things, yeah. which is just basically don't degrade me. Yeah, You know, I'm into a lot of freaky sex, but anything that kind of glorifies domestic violence mm-hmm. or encourages it, mm-hmm. um, Considering my background at the sex shop and seeing women who've been failed in their love lives, mm-hmm. that's where my angle comes from. Right, right. You know, so you can put all the pieces together now, you mm-hmm. know? But Yeah, we, I mean, luckily we were shooting, and the thing is, is that I don't, I'm not known for shooting like hardcore, super aggressive scenes anyways. That's not my thing either. Um, I'm generally for shooting, you know, stuff that's, that's but more aggressive about can be great. Aggressive can be so great. You can great. have the most aggressive sex ever without humiliating the girl. Yeah. But also like, too, some people are into being humiliated, which is, and that's fine. which is great, but it's so good that you can draw the line and say, this is what I like. And so people well, can respect your boundaries. For me, it's what brand I'm trying to create. I want women to like my porn mm-hmm. and I want to encourage women to explore porn and mm-hmm. to start watching it and to learn more about their bodies and how to touch themselves. Right. And I don't want to put any content out there that's going to deter them mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. You know, off camera, you know, I may do more aggressive things than I would on camera. Right. But that's different. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's about the, the image I'm putting out. Yeah. And I want to put out great, consensual, happy, intense, passionate sex. Yeah. It's great that you really come at this with like a business mind um, and, you know, thinking about your brand and how you want to portray yourself and the content that you put out. Oh, you have to. Yeah. 100%. Because a lot of girls just go in and they're just like, oh, I mean, it sounds like you definitely came in with a plan and a mm-hmm. strategy, which is it, it's kind of, it's becoming less and less unusual now because I think that a lot of women are coming into the industry with like a very serious mindset about what they want to achieve. Well, but, you, you know, before to. it would just be girls are like, I'm just going to shoot porn, whatever. For me, it's it's such a huge decision, you know, mm-hmm. and it can have consequences in terms of isolating you from society and stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to take it seriously. You have mm-hmm. to go into the game plan. I want to be in this business for a very long time, and I see porn personally as a wonderful window of opportunity mm-hmm. to see what, you know, where could it take me? What can I do? I'm on a p- platform here that is a very, um, what would be the word, like, impressionable platform. Mm-hmm. You know, your viewers are very impressionable. And I do think the main f- form of sex ed is porn. Mm-hmm. And we have to be responsible with what we're putting out there and yeah. be mindful of it. Right. You know, and I think a lot of people don't quite realize the responsibility they have and what they can do to change things. Yeah. 
Um, so we are going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about um, your self-booking mm-hmm. and how you've been doing a lot for girls who've decided to become independent yes. and your Twitter page and all that fun stuff. So hang on, guys. We'll be right back. Awesome. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by omgs.com. omgs.com is a website about women's sexual pleasure. When it comes to actual ways women touch themselves or ways partners touch women, there are a lot of myths out there. OMGS decided to do the first ever large-scale scientific research of over 20,000 women, ages 18 to 95, about what women find pleasurable. What they found was, of course, women vary in what they like, but there are also lots of shared techniques. Kind of like ingredients people combine in different ways for more pleasure and better orgasms. The site has short videos of all kinds of women sharing and showing these techniques. They have specific illustrations that actually animate so you can get a clear sense of what each technique entails. Researchers from IU School of Medicine found that 95% of women experience pleasure in a way that felt new physically after a month of using OMGS. It's not a subscription site. You pay only once for permanent access to a set of videos and animations. And your payment goes on to fund ongoing research into sexual pleasure. Now, I know a large majority of my listeners are men. So guys, this website is for you too. Learn all kinds of cool ways to pleasure your female partner. Whether you're just getting to know somebody new or if you and your partner have been together for decades, there's something here for everyone to learn. Check out the newly released season two at omgs.com slash holly and get $5 off. That's omgyes.com slash h-o-l-l-y. If you're looking for something to do this summer that is socially conscious, educational, and a lot of fun, you need to check out the Sexual Freedom Summit this August 15th through 18th in Alexandria, Virginia. Created by the Woodhill Freedom Foundation, the only national human rights organization working full-time on gender and sexual rights, the Sexual Freedom Summit is a four-day event where educators, researchers, content creators, and activists come together to share information and advocacy tools that protect our fundamental human right to express our unique sexual and gender identities. At the Sexual Freedom Summit, they host all-day institutes, workshops, and evening events all in the name of sexual freedom. You'll be able to network with other human rights and sexuality educators, content creators, and enthusiasts, as well as attend sexy evening events like Smut Slam, a naughty storytelling competition and content creators showcase. Also, one of my favorite people, Jessica Drake, will be doing a screening of her new film, Jessica Drake's Guide to Wicked Sex, Senior Sex Edition. Along with her co-creator, Joan Price, they're doing a viewing and a Q&A session afterwards. So don't miss the 2019 Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit taking place August 15th through 18th in Alexandria, Virginia. Get your tickets now at www.woodhullfoundation.org. That's W-O-O-D-H-U-L-L foundation.org. Sexual rights are human rights. To keep up with them on social media, Follow the hashtag SFS19. And we're back. So, Katie, um, you are self-booking, as you mentioned earlier. I am indeed. And you've actually been somebody who's been kind of active in the industry in terms of helping girls um, who are self-booking and kind of coming out with um, 
you know, ways to help them uh, be independent in that way. So can you talk a little bit about that? I can indeed. So I became self-booking at the beginning of the year and I realized within the first couple of months that this group of people, this ever-growing community is actually being failed on many levels. Mm. There are no resources out there to guide us or to protect us. All the paperwork we sign on set protects the company, Mm -hmm. not the performer. It's very one-sided. Um, So I started um, a Twitter page. No, first my frustration was I wish there was a place where all self-bookers could just promote themselves. Mm -hmm. And having a website is complicated because if you're going to post nude images, that's 2257 laws and all of that and filing. And I'm like, oh, my God, let's just do a Twitter page and I can just retweet everyone. Mm -hmm. And there we have our own little kind of roster, Mm -hmm. essentially. And And I set up this page and I said, okay... This is what I need you guys to do. Your your levels, you know, what kind of stuff you do on camera. State that you're on pass if you are on pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and only esta- I'm only reaching out to established performers, and there's several reasons why, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, female performers um, who already have a fan base, have already shot for reputable companies, um, as well as showcasing four beautiful photos of themselves that mm-hmm. show off their bodies. So I did this page, and I can't believe how well it's taken off and how much support I've had from companies and performers. Mm. And a lot of um, directors are all following it. And then through that, um, essentially I realized I kind of have a little focus group mm. that I can ask questions to. Mm. Um, so then I started asking questions. I'm like, hey, guys, what are your biggest challenges with self-booking? And I suddenly have these threads, like a forum of everyone saying, uh, it's difficult to get exposure. Um, you know, I don't know how to sort out an LLC. You know, all of these kind of things of being an independent contractor where there is literally nothing to guide you. And mm. this business, it's it's the blind leading the blind most of the time. We're kind of figuring it out. Um, so I decided to meet up with the Free Speech Coalition. And I approached them and I said, okay, we've got a few issues. Um, we as a group have a lack of resources in terms of how to guide us, how to conduct ourselves on set, what is expected of a performer. And it's not just self-booking, just all performers. Mm-hmm. This literature isn't really out there. Mm. Um, as well as exposure, how can we get, you know, us seen by producers, um, as well as how to get contacts mm-hmm. and how to know what to do and how to send emails. Right. So I'm working very closely with Free Speech um, and through them I decided to get APAC involved as well. And we're currently working on an APAC free speech collaboration, which you won't see the fruits of until a couple of months' time. And we're going to incorporate um, resources for performers in terms of telling them they should have a consent list to protect their back. So if something bad happens on set and they, we know they said in their consent list, I don't do choking. Mm-hmm. And they, they make the director sign it, the co-star sign it, everyone signs it. But then during the scene, choking happens. Mm-hmm. They now have a legal contract saying, hey, you breached that. Mm-hmm. I didn't consent. Mm-hmm. So it's about protecting them. Mm. And we're going to get all these resources available and incorporated to the amazing Lotus Lanes Inspire program. Mm. And I think she's phenomenal. And because that resource is already up and going, it's already running. So it's mm-hmm. easier to just incorporate as many things as we can into that. Yeah. And we're going to be doing workshops. Um, there's going to be a small group of us gathering all these resources in June, July. And hopefully it should go live by the end of the summer. That's amazing. So I'm very excited about that. So for those of you who don't know, APAC is the Adult Performers Advocacy Committee. So it's kind of like a, a committee um, to protect uh, adult yeah. performers. Um, do you anticipate a possible hesitation or blowback from directors or companies signing a document themselves that 
is for the performers. I mean, we're so used to giving you a contract that mm-hmm. you sign, but having us sign something. And I personally would have no problem with it. I am always like super on the ball about making sure that everybody on set comfortable and mm-hmm. the consent yeah, and boundaries are not crossed and stuff like that. So I'm not personally concerned about it. But thinking about some of the people in this industry, I almost see... I think only if they have something to hide. Only yeah. if they know they're not playing by the book. Mm-hmm. But it's a dual transaction mm. at the end of the day. And we should all have paperwork. Any... You know, anyone hiring a landscaper, mm-hmm. they're going to have their own paperwork. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, so it's in every other industry, this is what we do. Why aren't we doing it in our industry? Right. So I'm just currently gathering as much as I can to make my goal is that I kind of feel there's a kind of um, stigma behind self bookers where previously, um, Women and men who self-booked only self-booked because every agent dropped them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, she's self-booking. Okay. Yeah. You know? And Nobody wants her. Yeah. What, what, is she a diva? You yeah. know, God, she must be difficult. Yeah. Now I'm trying to show, no, these are actually really serious people who are managing their careers. They're entrepreneurs. And the paperwork is part of showing just how serious we take this. Mm-hmm. Just like a, con- a uh, landscaper, he's like, here's my flyer here, the services I offer. I will trim your hedge, but I won't remove the roots. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... That kind of thing. Right. You know, can you sign this so that you accept the, what I can and cannot give you? Right, right, right. I see it as that. So if a boundary is crossed, say somebody chokes someone in a scene, and who is liable then? Is it the performer or is it the director? And if the director sees that happening and calls cut, then it does it – or is it? would that only be like enforceable if choking happened and the director didn't stop it? That's a good question. The one, see, this is the so much to discuss. This, this so is what, this is all the stuff that you guys are trying to figure out. out. Um, yeah. The one thing we know we are trying to do is, I kind of feel there's this. Um, it's rarely spoken about, but we all know about it, and it's great. It's the tap, mm-hmm. and you as a director must have seen the tap several times. So when you know during a scene, if a girl's finding the scene a little bit too rough, a little bit too hard, or she doesn't like her cervix being hit, whatever, she can gently just tap her scene partner on on the hip. Yeah, it's like a little, it's like secret signal that performers yeah, give each other. Doesn't stop the cameras from rolling. Director's oblivious to it. The mm-hmm. scene still looks great. It's flowing, you know. But it's it's a heads up. It's a silent, non-verbal communication of going, "Hey, hey, I'm I'm struggling. Let's just hurt a little yeah. bit." And these are part of the resources we're trying to get out of. Hey, if something isn't okay, it's we. Can, this is how you communicate it in a safe way because maybe you can just lose yourself in the scene, and that's mm-hmm. okay because mm-hmm. that's what makes the scene great. And sometimes too, I feel like perhaps guys can't read it because you know because sometimes because you are performing mm-hmm. and um, sometimes you're perform- performing more than than not, and um, <laughs> you may not be loving how something feels, but you're saying, "Oh yes, yes, yes." Because oh, God, yeah. you can't be like, oh, no, no, well, no. So then maybe the guy doesn't understand that. It's funny you say that. One of my friends, um, I won't say his name, he's a very um, well-known, successful male performer. Mm. He was telling me, because I was talking to him about this, and he directs, and he performed and directs, and he was saying he got so frustrated uh, not so long ago because the girl was like... Um, during the scene, she was like, harder, harder, give it to me more. Meanwhile, she kept pushing him away <laughs> and tapping uh-huh. him. Right? So he's like, what do you want from me? Yeah. You know, so initially she's like, harder. So he's like, all right, 
you know, and he's doing his thing, you know, like a bunny going 100 miles per hour. But she's literally slapping his hip away and pushing herself so far away. Sorry. Yeah. So far away from him. He's like, what do you want? Because you can't say harder as like a part of a performance and then he doesn't go harder because well, that looks like he's just ignoring you. That's just weird. You I know what I mean? To about it, I think she was trying to come across as a badass who likes yeah. it rough. But the reality is she's like, be harder, wink, as in, and fuck me really gentle. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. She should have said that before the scene and, you know, said, hey, I don't like it hard, but I'm going to say I do. Yeah. Because it's all smoke and mirrors. And the one thing I keep reminding people in this business is, remember, we're this is fantasy. We're the WWE, you know, we're not MMA. Yeah. So we're not actually hurting each other. Mm-hmm. So when we're pulling hair or we're being rough and we're choking, we're not really choking somebody. That's a great analogy. I've it's, never heard anyone say that before, but that makes so illusion, much sense. It's the illusion, you know, and I think yeah. a lot of people forget you're not supposed to hurt your scene partner, mm-hmm. but we're spo- just like WWE, mm-hmm. you're supposed to create this facade and these characters that we play into. You know, it's theatre, mm-hmm. you know, but no one is actually going to be injured. Right, right, so, right. So it's like um, I have extensions in and I say to guys, um, I love having my hair pulled, but unfortunately we can't really do that. Yeah. So what I want you to do is when you pull my hair, put your fist against the back of my head, but show that your fist is shaking and it looks like your knuckles are like clenching and going kind of mm-hmm. yellow with the pain. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. of the pressure. But actually, but you're not actually pulling. there's actually zero pulling, but it looks hot on camera. Yeah. You know, I'm giving away my secrets. Um, but this is what I... I keep trying to tell people it's having those conversations in advance. Mm-hmm. You know, remember it's a theatrical production. Right. You know, and I think people need to remember that. And it's, it's not your real sex life. It's not your dating service. We're, this is for the audience. Yeah. We're trying to please our viewers, not ourselves. If we do please ourselves as a bonus, fantastic. Yeah. And that's what makes it the best job in the world. Yeah. But that's not my priority as a performer. Yeah. I think it's really great what you're doing with the independent booking community because, I mean, I'll admit, like, I honestly often don't book independent performers, not because I have a bias against them. Out of mind. But I forget. Yeah. Because when I'm, like, looking for girl, I'm like, okay, I need to book someone for this movie or if I need to replace somebody, Mm -hmm. I'm going to an agency site and I'm looking at all the girls and I'm going, okay, this one, this one, this one, this one. Yeah. And then asking one person who's available and that one person is getting back to me as opposed to me scrolling the internet trying to, like, because I won't remember. It's hustle. I get it. I completely get it. And that's why I'm hoping that the Twitter page is going to become more of a utilized resource for people. Mm. There's still some, you know, kind of creaks we need to iron out. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's things I'm trying to figure out at the moment on how to make a producer feel more confident with booking a Mm self-booker. And one of the things I want to suggest to them is making the call time earlier than necessary. So if they do flake, Mm -hmm. you've got time to fix it. You know, yeah. just just little things. But the problem is with it depends on when you're shooting them though, because if they're the first person on set and you tell them call times eight and call times nine and they actually show up at eight and no one's there <laughs> and the location owner is still in bed and they're like, What are you doing here? Yeah. So well, we're trying to figure it out. But um the main thing we are trying to work on, this is gonna this is a lot further down the line, um, and you're not gonna see this kind of flourish at least for a year, if not mm. longer. Um we kinda want like a LinkedIn for the mm. adult industry. Mm-hmm. So everyone will have a, like a business profile. It's only for performers and crew t- directors, mm-hmm. an internal resource. Yeah. Where everyone has a profile and that way everyone can have, reach out to other people. I kind of want like a kind of stories feature like you have on Instagram where you can just put a story up of like available for work, booking for June. Yeah. You know, and all the directors can see it without actually getting everyone's email address and kind of invading and bombarding their inbox. No, that would be great. So we're working on it. um, And we also want a section for 
not just uh, non-contracted performers, but you forget there's also a lot of other workers in this industry who aren't under an agency. Mm-hmm. Makeup artists, mm-hmm. cameramen, photographers, PAs. We all want, you know, and people need to have access to them. And yeah. they want to be accessed. They want to get one. And there is a real shortage these days of um, photographers and camera people. I know a lot of other directors who oh, are really? look- oh, yeah, who are looking for people all the time. They're like, I need a cameraman. I need this and then that. Okay, and that's it's, good to know. And it's always like... And it's funny because Mike Quasar and I were talking about it and he's just like, I don't understand why, like, there aren't, you know, like why people can't get, people can't find mm-hmm. photographers and um, video people because there's like a ton of people who need work. But I think it's also too finding people that are actually good at their job because there are plenty of people who are terrible. Yeah. And um, it's, it's some, you know, um, as you know, I'm, I'm married to a cameraman in the mm-hmm. business. It's a big investment. You know, it's a lot of equipment. You know, the cameras start at, you know, 16K, you know, Canon, all of this. Mm-hmm. So to have someone who's committed to it and has everything they need and can be on call, it's, it's a lot and it's long hours and people forget. Unlike Such a performer who's hours. only on set for three hours mm-hmm. and it's just nothing to compare to their day, you can be on set for 16, 18 hours. Yeah, and easily. we don't get paid overtime. Uh-uh. Nope. I try to throw my crew some extra money if it's if there's wiggle room in the budget if we have super long days, but that's just contingent upon what mm-hmm. my situation is. Some companies I'm like literally down to the wire and there's just no yeah nothing extra to dish out. But you know they kind of understand that, and I, I try to organize things in a way that it's they're not terribly long days. But it's um it's it's a lot and it can be really exhausting. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I'm like, and I'm somebody who whines about a 12 hour day, which apparently like isn't that bad. Like, there's a lot of companies that'll do like 20 hours or something like that. I mean, the longest day I've ever had was 18 hours, and I wanted to blow my brains out. And that almost never happens for me because I can't handle that. Was that with problems? No. It oh. was just like a re- we had a lot to shoot that day. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, Damn. there was no wood problems. God, can you imagine if there was wood problems? Oh, yeah. I did have one 16-hour day where there was wood problems. Yeah, that sucks. But there was also other and stuff. And you can't too. show your stress because it makes it worse. Because it makes it worse. So you just have to be like, it's okay. I mean, yeah, it's okay. As a female performer, I'm like, what do you need? What can I do? You know, as yeah. opposed to like looking at my watch being like, <sighs> I know. You can't do that. No, I know. It's you like have to this, hide it. this delicate, like, yeah, you have to wrap them in cotton don't. wool and be like, you got this. It's okay. It's okay. Good job. You yeah. You, you kill it. <laughs> okay. It's so tough. Oh, my God. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on. This thank is you awesome. For me. I feel like there's so much more that we could talk about. Yes. But we've, we've run out of time. It's okay. It's been um, quick. I know it has, right? So can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and maybe where they can find this self-booking talent Twitter page? Unless it, is it your page? I run it. Okay. It's my baby. Okay. Okay. So, um, my handle is the same on Instagram and Twitter, the Katie Jane. And that's K-A-T-Y. No, so I say the American way, Katie. Katie. Yes. So yeah, T-H-E-K-A-T-Y-J-A-Y. N-E. Two Y's. Very important. Why do you have two Y's? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Now people will remember. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So you can catch me on there and the self-booking page. If you just, whether you're in the business or you want to browse some really hot girls Mm. who are very independent, phenomenal, independent women, is self underscore book talent. And I occasionally tweet Beyonce memes because she seems to be our like mascot. (laughs) 
all of her lyrics just really suit my message, what I'm trying to portray. So it's half a page for female talent, but also somewhat of a, a shrine to Beyonce, if I'm being honest with you. Like, I don't know if you saw my banner, is uh, the choreography from Single Ladies. Oh, really? Yeah, Single Ladies. I didn't see that. Yeah. That's really cool. It's my silly humor. I love it. And you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Twitter and Instagram. Also, too, do not forget, um, support my show by supporting me either on patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered or support me by supporting my sponsors. Um, this episode was brought to you by Care of Vitamins. Vitamins. You, vitamins, vitamins. Vitamins. However you want to pronounce it. They're so good for you. <laughs> they do tailored um online they have a tailored online quiz to figure out exactly what your needs are and if you go to takecareof.com and you use promo code holly you will get 25 percent off that's a good deal dude they're awesome i take them every day i actually have them in my bag i'm gonna take them right after we finish this podcast because i like being healthy so do i (laughs) (laughs) all right guys thank you so much see you next week thank you bye Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you like my podcast, please make sure to give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps me a lot. If you're not listening to me on the iTunes platform, then you can support me in so many other ways. Um, first of all, obviously, I would love it if you would join my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where not only will all of the donations that I get go towards making this podcast better, but also I offer really, really cool perks in exchange for your support. Um, Don't forget that I have a new podcast called My LA Porn Job that I am doing with my assistant, Eva, and it is fucking hilarious. And it is available only on my Patreon for only $5 a month. So that's pretty, pretty cheap. And I promise we will make you laugh and we'll give you even more insight into this fascinating business that I work in. You can also join my Facebook group. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash Holly Randall Unfiltered to get access to other exclusive news about the podcast as well as just join our community. Don't forget too that I videotape all of my podcast interviews and you can access all of those at my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash C slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. You can also email us hollyrandallunfiltered at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail to maybe ask a question for one of my upcoming guests or just leave a comment or tell us a crazy story or anything that you want to say, you can call us at 424-216-6967. So please send us an email, leave us a Facebook message, leave us a Patreon message, um, leave us a voicemail, and we will maybe get back to you on the show, Um, especially the new podcast that I'm doing with Eva, My LA Porn Job. We'll definitely be uh, responding to some of your messages. And overall, we just want to hear back from you guys, want to know how we're doing, what you love about the show, what you hate about the show, who you want to listen to, All of that feedback is super valuable to help me make this show the best that it can be. One last piece of news. I plan on going to the 2020 AVN convention in Las Vegas, and I'm going to bring you this podcast live from the show floor. So that's 
another reason why I need your financial support because that's going to be a very expensive trip for me. And um, I'm definitely not making the kind of income from the show yet to cover it, which is fine, but I hope to eventually get there one day. And with your help, I hopefully will. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. I appreciate you so much. And um, I'm still like kind of flabbergasted that this show has done as well as it has. And I'm just super grateful for all of you. Next week on the podcast, I have the one and only Tommy Pistol on. It took me a little while to pin him down, so I'm very excited that I finally got him on the show, and it was so worth it. He's hilarious, but he's also really insightful, and he's just a really, really great person to sit down and have a little conversation with, and I'm so glad that I can share those conversations with you guys. So make sure that you come back next week for Tommy Pistol on Holly Randall Unfiltered. <laughs>